Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you're on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. The regular season has come to a conclusion, or is... Is the uh, championship games are I think they consi- postseason? You think that's good? Yeah, that's I where would, I we've already so. been into the postseason. I think it's postseason. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's 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 probably pretty accurate. Um, obviously, we'll break down the game in a little bit, which is of course is our only game uh, to break down. We're just past noon on Sunday. Um, we already know the fate of two teams uh, in the Big Ten. I don't think we're going to know too much more than that until we get done recording the podcast. So we'll have thoughts on the game and the aftermath with obviously the college football rankings. The first thing I thought we would get into is um, some of the old school housekeeping. Remember we used to have the Oh yeah. I'll have Ottawa. to, I'll have to throw that drop in. <laughs> you good? Yeah, I can That's do it. All right, let's yeah. do it. All right. So I guess we will bring you housekeeping. Here we go. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. All right. Um, the first housekeeping is something that um, Kurt and I, and uh, I would think Nebraska fans, Minnesota fans, mm-hmm. Northwestern fans, Purdue fans, mm-hmm. aren't very happy with. Okay. And a bit of an upset. Jim Leon Hard has thought about it, and his heart <laughs> still freaking remains in Madison. So not only do we have the influx of Luke Fickle energizing the recruiting and the overall feel of the program. The stalwart of the Wisconsin program the last five years has, of course, been the defense coordinated by Mr. Leon Hard. He's going to let bygones be bygones with Chris McIntosh (laughs) and come back to Wisconsin. (laughs) Horrible. Well, first of all, yeah, it's horrible for all of us. Yeah. I mean, this is you already are not hiding our fandom here already on paper. You ha- in the running for the best staff in the Big Ten. Yes, yes, absolutely. You could make an argument that they might already have. I the mean, be- I mean, as DS and I kind of broke down, uh, or maybe it was me and you. I can't. I I forget sometimes. But I mean, Luke Fickle was thought of not just looking at the Big Ten across the across, college football yes. landscape as being the creme de la creme. Every blue blood position that would you know, he was always mentioned every for every single one. And now he's at Wisconsin with the defensive coordinator that was getting mentioned for, I don't know, the Packers. And once this went down, anywhere he really wanted to go. He he had his choice, I think, of multiple spots. I joked on Twitter on Friday night as we watched USC meltdown, which we'll kind of talk about later, that this is how it's going to go. They're going to hire Leon Hard. He's going to become the defensive coordinator at USC, and he'll get him whipped into shape just as USC joins the Big Ten. That's sure. honestly, if Friday night, I probably would have put money that that's how it went down. Okay, so first, my first reaction was shock. Then I tried to put myself in his headspace. What is he thinking? Of course, he's got pride, which is why I was kind of shocked. All coaches have a lot of pride, but he's ultimately going to do what's best for himself. He knows if he stays at Wisconsin, even if it's just for one year, he's got everything in place to be successful defensively. If he goes somewhere else, he has to start over. What if it doesn't look all that good? And then some of the shine is off of him for his head coaching job. I think he's just staying put until he finds the right head coaching job. That is a very 
That's a great take. Yeah. Cause That's he's a holistic take. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a really good point. Another thing I thought of too is, do you know who is as well positioned to talk to him about his options more than anybody on the planet? Luke Fickle. Why? He was put in almost the exact same situation sure. at Ohio State. Right. He was on the staff. Trestle gets unceremoniously dumped. Great point. He, he becomes the interim. Def- I mean, he was the defensive guy, too. They have a mediocre season. He stayed on the staff at Ohio State when when Herbs came into town. He's got his mentor. <laughs> and it's worked out pretty well for him. I mean, yeah. He stayed on the staff for, I'm going to say, three or four years and then moved on to Cincinnati, obviously had great success, and this brings him here. Methinks we are already seeing the recruiting abilities and the ability of Luke Fickle to relate to people in this instance right here. Maybe. Sucks. It sucks for us. <laughs> but I, I do think it's pretty temporary. It could. That is a good point. That That is something that us other Big yeah. West fans can <clears throat> take a little bit of comfort in is it probably is only a year or two rental. But it's incredible. Yeah. The other thing too is they typically Fickle usually runs like a three three five. I I can't imagine Leon Hart doing that. I, no. I would think they would Fickle would adjust to to I would know, think Jimmy's so. defense. But we will see. But I just overall as far as news, college football news and big Big Ten news, I don't think it's making as much of a ripple as it <laughs> I should. know. Maybe just bad timing. It could be bad championship timing weekend of all this stuff. It's a good point. All right, moving. Uh, pretty much this is a. Big Ten West um, specific housekeeping. I'm sorry, but there is no news no, coming no. out of Ohio State and Michigan. Why? Because they've got right. a big game coming up. Penn State does too, I think. I mean, I think we're pretty locked into Penn State going to the Rose Bowl. So there's no need for there, there's no need for those players to move right now because they still got big things in front of them. Like one of them might be Leah Tonga Viola making a announcement if he's going to come back. Or go to the NFL. We've we've heard nothing. I would expect he's coming back. I think he will too. Another one would maybe be Michigan State. You know, uh, tumultuous year. I, I've heard shockingly little right. out of Michigan State. Long story short, when we have something from the Big Ten East to report, we will. Um, maybe the most action-packed team in the Big Ten this week, as far as off the field stuff, was my Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, first one that came out, not a big surprise. Quarterback Alex Padilla hits the road. Um, next one up is we, we started jettisoning wide receivers, uh, like crazy because <laughs> you can afford to. Yes. Because that's the position with, uh, Keegan Johnson, obviously that one hurts any Iowa fans that say it doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt. They're, they're, they're kidding themselves. And Arlen Bruce, I think Arlen Bruce is going to go home and we'll, we'll see him announcing he's playing for, uh, a, a very good, uh, Kansas state team. Very, very quick. Um, and then we lost a running back to, um, none of those were surprising. I had held out hope that maybe Keegan Johnson would remain. Um, but when all, when it's, it's, it's darkest before dawn and then Cade McNamara, it, I had started hearing, hearing rumbling Saturday or Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend by Tuesday. I, I was convinced it was happening. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday when it was announced. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I had, Alina fans reaching out to me saying, Hey, this would be a great pickup for Illinois for next year. And I was, I said, I think it's too, this was go back a week or more. And I'm like, I think it's too late. He's going, it's, there's so much smoke with Iowa. Iowa. I think he's already there. Yeah. So, um, and of course, <laughs> because it's, because it's the state of college football and fandom, 
it already, you know, then it then it's a fight with among Iowa fans on how big of a deal it is. You know, what, how do you rate this or whatever? I, I, I typically I find myself in these topics not making too big of a deal out of it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's a definite good pickup for Iowa. Iowa very much needs this. We're, Petrus is obviously gone too. In fact, we're probably starting our third stringer in the bowl game. Um, with that being said, as far as talent and fit and stuff like that and who he's throwing to, all of that is going to start getting figured out. The leadership is what I'm most excited about. Like he is a guy that okay. is loved by Michigan uh, fans, coaches, and and his teammates. So that's good. okay. Speaking of leadership, I think he doesn't go to <laughs> Iowa without the promise that there's different leadership in the offensive, uh, and, you know, it's coaching room yeah. next year. And I'm going to give uh, Kurt credit. You called that like the first time you heard rumors about it. You were already saying what you just said yeah. there, so I'm gonna give you credit there. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it it's not with obviously it's 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 not crazy to think that things have progressed enough where you would see a, a, a difference. It's just that I don't know when. Assuming it's gonna get announced, I don't know when it'll happen because of the bowl game. It, it is Kirk Ferentz's mantra to keep things under the lid until you know after the yeah. bowl to honor the seniors that want to play in the game and stuff like that. We will see how that goes, but pretty interesting stuff. Um, another team in the Big Ten West that had quite a bit of stuff go down uh, this past week is, of course, uh, neighbors to the West in Nebraska. Um, yeah, they they the the high of all highs after beating Iowa. It, we're we're eight nine days past, and they're still celebrating that 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 win. Um, yeah, I'm showing my real fandom here. That's that's just how I'm gonna roll, maybe. Um, with that being said, it was a little bit dour after that when the news of Mickey Joseph broke. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say that's completely out of the news cycle, uh, but it very quickly got ushered away. We still don't know the raw details of what happened. Don't know if I want to know the raw details of what happened. Sound like they could be pretty raw. Very much. So, <laughs> um, long story short. Um, it's the whole situation itself. Wish it didn't happen. You know, it, I, I'm sure there's many people very close to the situation that, that would think the same thing. They, they want nothing to do with this being a story. Unfortunately it is. I don't think there's any way possible that Mickey Joseph is retained by Matt rule. The new coach who's already gotten busy and started rebuilding things. I think the issue, and this is something that Nebraska fans very much foresaw, which is the connection that Mickey Joseph has made in the past year or so with guys on the team and recruits. And they were nervous that Mickey Joseph not remaining a part of the staff would have ramifications on said roster people and recruits. We've already seen that to a certain degree, I believe. Okay. A couple of recruits that have decommitted. Mm Mm-hmm. A couple guys that have left that I don't think are that big of a deal. However, linebacker Ernest Hausman is somebody that me and you and DS, we had been talking about the past month of the season, and I I was shocked to see him hit the transfer portal. Yeah, that was interesting because he was really coming on. I was really looking forward to to continuing to say his name, too, Ernest Hausman. Yep. But it was not to be. We'll see. I mean, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Just because, as we've seen, just because you're in the portal – doesn't mean you have to right. stay in the portal. He's a Nebraska guy. That's what blew my mind the most. A Nebraska guy that has had success, that one surprised me. And the only thing I would say, 
to Nebraska fans if they even are remotely interested about what I have to say about Nebraska football is that I think the news of people not of guys leaving the roster because it officially starts Monday. Yeah, tomorrow's that, when the, the crazy thing. That's when the floodgates should open. Open for, within the NCAA rules. Yes. Where and I just think because of that you'll see you'll see more movement out of everybody in the Big Ten in the country. Um I would say that if you hear about if Nebraska fans hear about roster guys leaving, it is neither good nor bad news. You don't know because my my guess is Matt Rule. It's part of his plan. Of course, there's going to be there's going to be a, a lot of attrition. He does not want them on the roster Correct. anymore. And see something on film. He they're going to vary as quickly as possible. Go through player interviews. Yeah. These coaches have a type and a. And if that guy don't fit, they're going to give them their recommendations on what they should do with their career very quickly. But there's in today's game with with the transfer portal, there's going to be a lot of guys that he's going to target and bring in too. So it's, some sometimes divorce is good. Yeah, it, it, very yeah, very well put. And um, um, it's just a, it's a it's a more unique situation than any of these other teams in the big 10 that are going to have transfer portal things because it's an all new staff that's coming in yep. even more different than I think Wisconsin because Leonard because remains. of Leonard. Sure. Yeah. So I, there's I, a lot, there's continuity with a Wisconsin. little bit more continuity. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's something that Wisconsin won't have to fight quite as hard. Um, Plus, I don't think that Wisconsin has as much building to do as Nebraska. That that as well. Um, and the other thing too is, you know, there was a lot of Wisconsin players that were like, "We're out of here." I mean, they they have been saying that for the past month. I wonder if they're re they're rethinking things a little bit. Maybe I, I shocking. Listen, to this. let me let me. Maybe sometimes 18, 19, and 28-year-olds just say things before they think about it. Possibly. And after they get more information, they think to themselves. Maybe I shouldn't have said that thing I said a couple weeks ago. I can't ago. imagine not wanting to play for Feckle. I think he's going to talk a lot of people in this thing yeah. and get excited about uh, the Badgers. Last one is, again, sticking in the Minnesota uh, – or in the Big Ten West, as I foreshadow it. Uh, Minnesota star defensive back Tyler Newbin, who I think is a stud and very easily could have been drafted. I, I don't know if he got draft news that quick. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I would think if he had, like, a second or third round – marker he would be gone so. yeah but it's so a great season obviously great player but does does the, he does he look second or third round to you that seems a little probably bit not a little bit high to me right yeah so that's probably not he's yeah high, he's higher or maybe you know uh, undrafted free agent whatever so either way great get quote-unquote get for minnesota for him to come back um that's probably about it for house housekeeping i think so yeah i mean that's pretty much what the next couple podcasts are going to be is is housekeeping. So should we go on to the one single game that we had this week? Let's do it. The Big Ten game of the week, of course, was the Big Ten Championship held yesterday, held last night in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. Michigan 43, Purdue 22. The Wolverines with 386 yards of total offense to the Boilermakers 456. Um just going to go ahead and uh, say my guy DS, our guy DS, he was at the game. Um, yes. I, 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 you know, I was thinking it would have been nice to have him on this episode. Do a, to do a little recap. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, but he's what, probably in transit. Probably right now. is. I did text him, uh, text him very briefly. Yeah. Uh, had, had a great time. I mean, there was stuff here, obviously, to enjoy himself. 
I mean, this oh, was for a, sure. This, this was, a good was game. this was a game well into the fourth quarter. Yeah. So it just then let me say, I'm kind of I'm kind of trying to back DS and I here. We had very similar score predictions in the game. Yeah. And had Purdue covering. We nailed it. Like we nailed the breakdown. What we thought we were going to sure. see. Jeff Brown pulling out all the stops. Yeah. But that last the touchdown last touchdown sure. for Michigan put it over so yeah. that it was a, a Michigan cover. Um, however, long story short, we said it, we f- assumed it was going to be a good game up until the point where Michigan proved they were the better team. Pretty much exactly. That's what exactly what happened. Yeah. Purdue was chased on the whole time. So 13th win this season for Michigan is the most ever in a single season in Michigan history for the winningest all time football program. Yeah. That's something. It is something because I mean, obviously we're, it was impossible to get 13 wins pre, you know, before, 2000, right. you know, right? Yeah, but when, when yeah, around 2000, 12, I think 2002 two? was the the first 12 12 game, the first one where it's been contiguous since. I think they yeah. threw what 12 uh, 12 in there one year every now and, and then, then it went back to 11, 11 and then it went up to 12. Like if you got a kickoff classic and stuff like that, that's true. They, so yep. so you would have had to have gone undefeated and win your bowl game to yes. get the 13 wins, which is obviously very which is difficult right. to do. Now you get 12 12 uh, games a, co- a conference championship and potentially two games after that. But think about this go rewind one year and two weeks ago from today they're still the little brother to ohio state they're still even me i'm thinking how long is harbaugh gonna just hang around and you know keep getting his ass handed to him by ohio state he's got to be getting bored he's got to be thinking about the nfl completely different just one year later than that isn't it beaten ohio state twice they're now the team to beat in the big 10 they're headed to their second bowl game they look like have a or second playoff look like have a team that can actually do some damage this year i mean they've essentially taken the place of clemson nationally that's a good comp right there um which i think there's some Clemson fatigue, you know, so um, I'm not saying a ton of people are just welcoming Michigan into, you know, the fold of being the elite, but you can't deny that there's some excitement behind having a blue blood that's still a little bit new blood in there as far yeah. as the college football playoffs. But anyways, long story short, the point you made is excellent, and it's like, it's crazy how quickly it's forgotten how different it was such a short time ago. Such a short time. Like ago. winning is the most ultimate deodorant that has that's ever been created. Um, so in this game, uh, shout out. You know, w- we obviously are going to talk more about Michigan moving forward, but I want to give a shout out to Aiden O'Connell. Right? Um, extremely tough week. Sound like he was essentially a zombie in that Indiana game. They pulled that out. Did what he had to do with his family this week, and you could tell he came in laser focused. I think he hit like eight of his first eight passes or something like that. There was obviously a game plan by Brom like Tom, and they started picking apart that Michigan secondary pretty well. Well, okay, so they're picking it apart, and the thing I'd like to point out is just how easy it looks for him to pitch and catch with Charlie Jones to the point where it's almost a long handoff. It's Yeah, that's a great it's a great way of putting it. They're just like, and it's, he was a first down machine. We need nine yards. Charlie Jones here, hand it off to Charlie Jones, hand it off to Charlie Jones. It, it felt like that. Cause yes. it was just so easy. The apparent, it, it looked to be so easy. 13 catches, 162 yards. It's unbelievable. He was incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, in Aiden O'Connell, uh, 32 of 47, 366 yards. I mean, the available pass plays is the one thing 
as a Michigan fan that you come out from this being concerned because a little bit. I mean, the teams you are looking at now are obviously TCU, Ohio State, and Georgia. Each one of them has their own way of pitching yeah. the ball around. So it's something that, you know, is going to have to give Michigan For sure. staff uh, uh, um, time to focus on. But the only issue is with Aiden McConnell's stats, no touchdowns, the two picks. Um, the first pick after they did the crazy flea flicker that wasn't a flea flicker, yeah. uh, which was that awesome. Was, that was a I great mean, play. I mean, that's the stuff that you were expecting to see from Brown. I the loved fake it. punt. The fake punt was great. Dude, you Ballsy. know. And how about that? A fake punt that they saw on film the week before that Ohio State had called, but for whatever reason, long snapper snapped it to the punter as opposed to the up back, and it was wide open last week. Mm. They do almost the exact same play, and it works versus Michigan. That's another thing Michigan's going to have to look at. Um, uh, but unfortunately, that first pick really, to me, kind of changed the the thought process or the the, the scope of this game. You know, uh, Michigan had the number two by their team name, and Ohio and uh, is playing Purdue. Jeff Brom going into this game three and zero versus teams ranked in the top three. Gosh, that so is this is amazing. his first loss. Well, I don't know if it's his first loss, but I'm just saying that is a that's a big thing. Like you, st- I don't know about you, but a couple times I started getting the feeling like, is Michigan going to pull this off? Where we go into the college football playoff weekend and the only team to pull out the win is Georgia. That was the thought I had, and that. And we'll save this, but losing and, and still getting into the playoff. Yes, which we'll obviously touch on very much. However, with that being said, Michigan is just the, the better team. Okay, they were the better team. The two interceptions were costly for sure. Michigan, off the top of your head, how many times did they score in the game? How many, t- how many times the offense How many scored? times did the Michigan offense score in the game? Uh... Five? We're just Michigan team in general. Six. They six. scored six okay. times. How many times did Purdue score in this game? They also scored six times. How how did Michigan score? Yeah. Six touchdowns. Every one of their scores yeah. was a touchdown. Purdue, how did they score? One touchdown and five field goals. Yes. The, the inability to punch it into the end zone. That's an excellent point. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, here's I saw fans getting upset about Jeff Brown kicking the field goals. You have to take but, your points. And each time, it was a penalty. It was a sack. Yep. Uh, Michigan, four sacks and seven tackles for loss in this game. Jalen Harrell, two sacks and two TFLs all by himself. Each time he kicked those field goals, it wasn't fourth and even seven. Most of the time, it was like fourth and 12 or right. 14. But yet they were still, each time, awkwardly still in field goal range. I'm, they had no choice. I'm not criticizing Brown. I think it was... The right move to take your points. I'm just criticizing, I don't know if you want to call it the execution or whatever, just not getting the ball into the end yes. zone once they get close. Red zone scoring and red zone de- red zone defense is a, a real live thing. Um, Michigan was better at both in this game. J.J. McCarthy did exactly what J.J. McCarthy needed to do. 11 of, seven, uh, 11 of 17, 161 yards, three touchdowns. The one kind of didn't need to throw it and take the risk pick, which, again, might be a good lesson to learn as they head into the playoffs. Uh, Ronnie Bell had a good day, 67 yards and a touchdown. Luke Schoonmaker, 56 yards and a touchdown. But Donovan Edwards got one thumb, filling in for Blake Corum, rips off 185 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, it's a step, a little bit of a step back, and you want two running backs, but it's not a big step down. It's a different step. It's a different step. They're not the same no. back. I mean, that one-two punch of having Corum and Donovan Edwards is 
huge, and it's a, yeah. it's still a big loss for, for Michigan. I mean, of course it is. Corum's a, a Heisman Trophy candidate. By the way, shout out again to Donovan Edwards at the post-game interview. They asked him, you know, essentially how you feel about the performance. He immediately brought up his teammate, Blake Corum, and said, I wish he was here. He should be a Heisman Trophy winner. I just thought that was cool. I don't know. Big fan of Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum and how they've kind of handled that stuff. So, obviously, Corum is one of these guys. I think Edwards is one of these guys. I'm going to throw Devin Mockaby into this this group, too. Running backs that can make their offensive line look good. Yes. Think about what a big difference Devin, just the presence of Devin Mockaby in, in the backfield for Purdue had on their running game. Oh, I don't think there's any question that Purdue having this many wins and um, – uh, getting to the to Indianapolis does not happen without Devin Mockaby. No. You need to have that multifaceted level in order to. I mean, and it, it's given me more appreciation for the running back position. Watching yeah. watching players like this, sometimes I forget how 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 big of a difference they can make. And it's amazing that you're you're bringing that up with Devin Mockaby and Donovan Edwards, and that's not even counting Blake Corum. Uh, Mo Ibrahim and and uh, Chase Brown, Chase Brown yeah. for being the three best guys in the country, right? And there's let alone the con- yeah, conference. there's two other guys that make their own line look good. Speaking of rushing and what it means, Michigan 38 rushes, 225 yards, a 5.9 yard average, whereas yeah. uh, uh, Purdue could only muster th- uh, 90 yards on 37 carries, which is a 2.4 yard average. But that 37 number that's well above <laughs> that we gave it a shot line. I but mean, they tried to run the ball, they did, but here's I'm I'm a little surprised even looking at those stats because I didn't feel like Michigan had that much success. I get it. a big part of this is that 60 yard run that Donovan Edwards has, but it, I felt like Purdue was having more it. success than yep. what it shows on paper. It, but it's the same thing we see every weekend with Michigan. They teams do okay in the first two quarters, maybe yeah. in two and a half. That is right. It is right a, around that change yeah. from the third to fourth quarter. Some then Olu Oluwatini, the center. By the way. There's my there's my vote for Heisman. Okay, Michigan center Olu Oluwatini. Really? I'm not joking, man. <laughs> okay, you, okay. Supposed wow. to be the best player in 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 the, in the country, right? Yes, it is. Did any did any one of the quarterbacks did they take the the trophy by by you know storm? No, this they didn't. I mean, very close with the Max Dugan, but he couldn't pull out the win. I'm just saying. That's my vote for Heisman. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't have a vote, so it means nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Long story short, though, the Michigan offensive line just takes over. It takes over in True. the second half. And everybody talks about how good Michigan is in the second half. You want to know why? It's that offensive line, that rushing attack. Yeah. And boom. And it's and J.J. McCarthy mixed in there, too, man. They worry down he, and, and depth. I felt he looked more confident and in control. I thought he looked great. I, I mean, other than the one bad throw. And a couple, you know, like he made his wide receivers work a little too hard for it okay. type of deal. It, I think they're, they have made a, I think Harbs and the staff, Sharon, have made a very concerted effort to say, with our star running back out, this is who the, the football team goes Lean and have a little more on him than they have. Agree. And I think he's stepped up, too. Yeah, very Look, much. Love, love when he's on the run, thrown on the run. He looks great. Love his feet when he... Just goes for it, running the ball. I, I, I also just don't dislike him. 
Oh, I know he's that's he he's seems, a he's a likable guy. I know he's a likable. I know. I know Ohio State fans and Penn State fans are gonna destroy us, but like, well, and I want to. I just haven't seen anything yet to make me say, "Oh, good, I can dislike that guy." Right. I want to dislike him because he's from Lagrange <laughs> Park, Illinois. But I can't. Played, yeah, and he's a five yeah, star and right. played quarterback at Michigan. But as of right now, you know what he looks like? He looks like a kid that is having a blast playing football. And maybe that's why, because he's always got a smile on his face. Yeah, always looks like he's having fun. With the win, Michigan wins their second consecutive Big Ten championship, as predicted by... By me. Big Kurt and Jeffrey the Green. That's right. Oh, you, you picked them, too. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. We did. Both of us. You had them playing Iowa. I had them playing Minnesota. We won't yep. bring that up, but um, I had Illinois 7-5. Hey. and five. I had Illinois 7-5. and five. They finished 8-4. and four. That's way higher than most people did. I also had Penn State. I had uh, um, Ohio State 11-1. and one. And I had Penn State ten and two. I nailed one, two, and three. I didn't big... have Penn State ten and two. And I had two. Maryland four as well. I had Michigan State four. Okay. Yeah. So I, I had some successes. I had some obviously yep. misses too. Um. Yeah. And then the week thirteen Eisman. I mean, you could give it to JJ McCarthy, but I think you got to give it to to Donovan. Edwards I think you give it to Donovan. Well. Okay. So that game is over. Uh, it was the, it was the ending of the college football weekend because nobody was paying attention to the ACC championship. No, it wasn't. There was no reason to watch it. And Clemson just cruised in that game. However, the night before we watched some fun ass football in the PAC 12 championship, it It dawned on me that I'm like, Oh my God, me along with everybody else is watching the big 12 or watching the PAC 12 championship. Think about other stuff that has changed amazingly in the last year or two like like last year there was some intrigue with oregon and and utah Mm -hmm. but the two three years previous to that nobody gave two bleeps about the pac-12 right that friday night game was a blast it was awesome i was actually bouncing back and forth between the Illini basketball game and that one so i didn't i didn't watch it all the way through but i tell you what every time they would go to break for the Illinois game. I would switch to the game and something, something was outlandish happening. was happening. And I, I kept thinking, am I watching a highlight reel of the what's happened so far in this game? No, it was happening live. Like yeah. I turned right as the the whole Big, helmet thing happened. Right, 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 right. When you got you got trucked. And I turned right as that stupid lateral thing yep. happened. And there's yep. a couple other things. It was just crazy. It was an awesome game. Um I I like that is one of the things, um, you know, Twitter is Twitter and we obviously all get annoyed with it. Rightfully. So one of the good things, one of the good times that you can have with Twitter is when, you know, the entire college football world, which is predominantly what I follow on Twitter is watching one game. I mean, yes, even dirty sec fans were watching Correct. that game because yeah. they want to know, okay, I guarantee 70% of that audience was watching both of those teams for the first time. Oh, sure. Of course. Very high percentage. Yeah. But even, I mean, especially out of SEC fans. Cam Rising, shout out to that guy. He's awesome. I love him. Tough as nails. He has three touchdowns, 300 yards. Caleb Williams had the Heisman wrapped up along with the college football playoff berth when USC was up 14 to three. He got dinged up and that's it. Yeah. I mean, USC's offense just caved, and OMG, their tackling is... Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> like, it's... It was entertainingly bad. Yeah, it was interesting. I was entertained. Like, that that long uh, touchdown by their tight end where the defensive back just won. <laughs> nothing to do. I know we're projecting But it's forward, interesting but... that they're, they're... It's not like they're out of position. 
They're no, in position to make well, the play. Sometimes their front seven, I felt, was lost. But I, I hear I'm talking about saying. tackling. Yeah. They're just bad. They get I mean, there. They just don't <laughs> make the play. <laughs> um, I know we're projecting for because it's still another season, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wrap that up before you get into the Big Ten. Can you imagine yeah, oh that God. team playing? I'm being serious at Minnesota oh. in November. No, that would not look good. Would not be pretty. <laughs> Something. So at two losses, USC's out. So we go into Saturday knowing that USC is is yeah, they're out of the playoffs at that point. You just yes. know it. So now we know it's down to five teams for four spots. We also know that Georgia and Michigan is is locked in. So all of the intrigue was with three teams, TCU, Ohio State, and Alabama. Um, I think we already knew that Ohio State was in by the time USC lost. Everybody, like Ohio State yep. fans were paying attention to USC and, and TCU going yep. into the weekend. As it turns out, the only game they should have been paying attention to is Friday night. Correct. So anyways, long story short, TCU then an, another great Big 12 game. That was a good game. And at one point, Kansas State was up two scores, close to 14 points yeah. in this game. Maybe it was 12 or 13 or something like that. And I think Kansas State had the ball with a chance to go up three scores. At that point, I'm like, they're, they're going to get kicked out of the playoffs. So Don't you, you think that comeback by TCU had something to do oh, with you them? Think, hmm. Yeah, I guess it could have, but I don't. Yeah, maybe if they if they had gotten blown out, yeah, I guess you're right. That they, would, that would have mattered. So if they just, wound up getting beat 41 to so, 17, or so the win loss didn't matter. Just the how it looked mattered. So we did have to watch that game, as it turns out. Like I, in my head, I'm saying, well, I why did I watch that game? It was pointless, but it wasn't. So you're right. You it wasn't pointless. I. I I would. I don't know if we got an explanation by Boo Weekly, whatever the heck the guy. Boo Radley. Yeah, yeah. For but I wonder if you were in that room because I think the committee watches the games to, to, together, together Friday yeah. and all day Saturday. I think so. Yeah. So like, was there a conversation going on in that room? By the way, there's a moneymaker. Just you know, set up a live cam, but charge people for How it. How about it? Um, where once TCU started making a comeback, they're like, okay. This, this, and Max Dugan taking the college football world by storm. Everybody was, was tweeting about Max Dugan. That was amazing. He, he was incredible. Is that part of the story? Chris? I mean, I'm honestly asking you like. That has to, yeah. I like, mean, and they're like, they're. Ratings. Do a dude that people now are connected to that they'll, they'll, they'll be okay watching. When they were happy watching Dugan go off because they're like, okay, this makes our job easy. Yes. Maybe you're right. Yeah. So. Because literally no one no one can complain about the four teams we got. Uh, well, one fan base can, I guess, is Alabama. I I mean, can they? <laughs> they're they're going to try. Sure, they're going to try. But and I we mean, know they're going to try because how annoying was it but like that nine, Little Nicky went on freaking... Uh, why did Fox allow Little Nicky onto their show? Put him over to the ACC I know. championship right. on ESPN or ABC that nobody's... God, that was annoying. Yeah. Um, but... But 90 per, 90% of the country agrees in, with these four teams. Undoubtedly. Yeah. 100%. Maybe 95. I, it is If you did a poll outside the SEC, it would be like 99%. Yes, correct. Um, SEC that probably might be a little high, but it would be 65, high. 65, 70. Yeah, SEC, because <laughs> SEC fans are like, you don't get it. This is the best conference in the, in the world. We, he, he, but we beat each other up all year. 
10 wins in this conference is like 14 in them other one. I mean, that's what they think. Um, I mean, a loss in our conference is better than a win in theirs. Dude, you s- actually see people saying that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen the deadpan delivery that Kurt just gave right there. Okay, so we have got the matchup that I am happy to see. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, boy, am I going to piss Ohio State fans off. USC and TCU both getting in to play Georgia and Michigan probably would have been the most evenly spread out uh, matchups for the entire college football world. Yeah. The entire West Coast is shutting this thing off now. And Yes, and it would have been the most interesting because USC is new blood. And but a TCU's... blue blood. They're both new blood and a yeah. blue blood. Yeah. With that being said, the second best way of this going down was how, was what we got because now yep. we've got three blue bloods and a newcomer in it. Um, and let's be honest, I love the fact that the Big Ten gets two teams in and the SEC only gets one. I love it. Love it because it, we're used to it going down the other way. So we got number one Georgia versus number four Ohio State. It's going to be a banger. Dude, I, LSU, I LSU was touching up uh, Georgia's secondary. Sure. So I, that's going to be a, I think it's an amazing matchup. It's a great matchup. Then you got Michigan versus TCU. Michigan's like a nine and a half point favorite already. Wow. In that game. I mean, I like, I like Michigan style versus TCU. Yeah. I, man. So I don't know. Who knows though? So it, I, this is as intrigued as I've been for a college football playoff since I think since yeah. the first one. I think I agree with Me that. Me and you were pretty geeked out for that 2014 one. Yeah. I remember way, way back when. I do. I remember when watching we were it. innocent yeah. young lads. Yes. For, um, um, so I, I find a lot of intrigue, but there's just something. This is its own podcast, and we can't talk through this thing through probably all the way through. But like, I put a tweet out some point Saturday evening that essentially said, there was no reason for USC, TCU, Michigan, and Georgia to play in those games. It was a 100% detriment for those teams to play. So all four teams that are in didn't have to win to get there. Georgia could have lost, but they still and, won. Well, and Ohio State didn't win there. So but the, theoretically... But they, didn't, but they didn't have to win the last game of the how year. How crazy would it have been if Michigan and Georgia lost and all four teams that are in the playoffs would have lost their last game oh my gosh that would have been amazing that's how it could have went down oh that would have been awesome two out of the four lost but so this is the problem i have i mean i have to air grievances here this is exactly what i didn't want i i want i want there to be a knockout. this is the festivus for the rest yeah of i'm marrying my grievances i want there to be a knockout game i want i want it to be because that's how college football always was like if yeah. you wanted to win at all you, there's no mulligans now this is the mulligan bowl yeah it's just Something is off when you have a conference, quote-unquote, championship. You lose it, and it doesn't really cost you that much. I know. I mean, of it, co- it costs you a trophy. Of course you want the, the course, championship. Of course. You want the banner to hang. So it's not like it doesn't mean anything. It just doesn't have implications on what's going to happen next. I know this is theoretical and this is stupid, okay? But, like, if a guy in a time machine, you know, in a DeLorean came back and said, I'm going to take you to the future, Jim Harbaugh. And he takes him to the future. And, it, you know, and it was into, I set this up poorly. This would have happened in the middle of the week, okay? And, and the guy in the DeLorean says, you're going to win the Big Ten Championship and beat Purdue, but you're going to lose J.J. McCarthy 
and Donovan Edwards in right. the game. Jim, Jim Harbs would have said, I'm not playing these guys because it would not have been worth it. They right. already won the Big Ten Championship last year. They have now stated they've got their eyes on bigger things. Like I okay. think that's why we're going to get a different Michigan team in the playoffs because they are focused on, on on winning a national championship. I'm just saying, like, injuries are a bigger deal. Okay. Than these. So then in these games, do you show everything? Do you play everything? Do you pull out all the sk- stops? Do you pull out all the schemes? Not when, you're, not when you're in the position that Georgia and Michigan is. Right. Now, TCU and USC, that's completely different. And there's an advantage to playing one less game for Ohio State. So in that game, in the game, do you hold things back? Boy, I I, I know we're getting a little bit loosey-goosey because... But if, I, you, if you think you can win it straight up without pulling out of the stops, do it. I think we're being cavalier about how a coach would ever think about that. Like, I can't imagine an Ohio State or Michigan coach ever doing anything that that resembles not taking that game as seriously as you can. Okay. Uh, I would like for you to ask Ryan day that right now, because the hell that he's gone through in the past week plus he's um, looking pretty good right now, now, isn't he? But now he's looking better. Don't you think Ohio state fans have a different opinion of him today than a couple days ago? They have a little bit better, but it's going to, it's going to, you know, go a lot on how this team's going to look versus Georgia. I will say this. If Ohio State beats Georgia, Ohio State fans will be right back on TV. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll go from night to day. Hey, yo. On how they feel about their coach. Um, the, the other thing, too, to set up here is right now, the odds makers say Michigan versus Georgia for the national championship. Yep. Dude, <laughs> Ohio State, Michigan in the national championship, if that's how it goes down. That w- so that would be the highest rated college football game ever. College football game ever. It'd be the highest non Super Bowl ratings. It would have to be ever. I mean, I so I know I talked about. It'll probably beat some Super Bowls. Oh, well, definitely. I mean, once you go, yeah. I mean, I wonder how far you'd have to go. You back have to go for, for pretty share. far back. Obviously, for viewers has changed, yeah. but for sure, that's a really interesting question. That would be a monster. I think Georgia, Ohio State is going to be a monster. Yeah. Michigan TCU will do fine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know they're going to set Michigan TCU up first. That'll be the first game, and then uh, uh, Ohio State uh, Georgia will be last. Um, th- so those are incredible games. But long story short, we kind of skip past it for just but real quick. Um, there is an issue when the schedules are so much different. You've got some teams playing nine or ten P five teams. Some teams playing eight or nine. Yep. Like. St- a team like Ohio State, and we thought possibly Alabama could have skipped championship weekend, get healthier, but get in. There's, there is too much differences in helter skelter. In my opinion, cut out the conference championships. Have everybody played twelve games. Let the regular season be decided during the regular season. I think every conference should play nine conference games. Yep, and then be required to play a tenth P five, and have it be done like that so that the only teams that get a buy which is the correct time yep. to say buy right are the top four teams in a 12 team format okay. where the other eight play so you the only team that gets a idle weekend a or excuse me a, a buy, buy yeah. weekend are the top four teams that are picked by the committee that deserve it okay so and you so you're saying no more championship games that's what you want to see i know i i know that's I, I blasphemous because I love college football, but I, yeah, I don't think it's blasphemous. You I, can play the, the, you the, can play the army Navy game 
this this what would have been this past weekend. And you know what you could still keep is group of five, like do a, a quick group of five championship. I've been saying that for years, which I am now more on board with than I was before. I yeah. was picturing out something where like the AAC and the SWAC and you know like they have like essentially the committee picks the top four of those teams yeah. and they play for a group of five championship. I would and love the, that. The two games could be this past weekend along with army navy right be something awesome. like that but the you know the most pure form of a champion is a round robin regular season champion now we're not going to do round robin because it's too many games they have too many teams in a conference but to me that's a more pure champion i because the quite it is a great point to bring up because people were asking the question before saturday night which is if purdue wins are they the actual Big Ten champion. Well, yeah, of course they are. But people, my point is, yes, they were. Of course, they would have been. My point is, people were asking that question because they're like, "How could you possibly think Purdue is the best team in the conference?" It doesn't when matter. Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State exist. Right, but then then you get into the whole best versus most deserving, and you know the committee and a lot of people want the best, but I want the most deserving because I want the game to count. Right. Otherwise, I'm I am, not watching. I'm, I, I am. By the way, there, there, there is no part of me arguing your point because you're correct. I'm saying there were people asking that question. And that, that's what prompts, you know. Well, and it would be a less pure champion if they did win. Like, let's say Purdue won yesterday. They're the Big Ten champions. At 9-4. and four, Yeah. When, when Ohio State would be sitting there at 11-1, Michigan at 12-1, and one, and Penn State at 10-2. Which is why a, a round-robin regular season champion is the most pure way to crown a champion. And I'm ready to be done with division, so I just don't have to hear the same yeah. talking points. I'm there. Right. I've, I've, I've eaten my way through the rotten peach, and I'm <laughs> at where I'm at. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm well, in favor of getting rid of divisions, but only if there's no championship game. How crazy would that be if they actually did it like that? I would love it. But they have to get – the only way that – I mean, we're, we're literally we, – we should be just talking about rainbows and butterflies right now because this stuff is not going to happen. Right. Because that would mean – the SEC and the Big Ten and the ACC and the Pac-12 are actually getting into a room and agreeing on something, and I don't and, see that. And surrendering revenue. Right. But only in the championship game. Right. Just just one game. But it's, which, it's which, a big which game. By the, which, by the way, is going to be more than made up for with the extra football that we're going to get in the college football Well, playoffs. sure. But they see it as, I want both. Right. I they want, want the both. revenue from Correct. the championship game, and then when we yeah. get... Another thing to bring up, last thing. Okay. It's a lot of games for these kids to play. I know. It's getting out of control. That's part of the reason why we're seeing so many, you know, injuries. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's the same thing in the NFL. You start seeing guys go out week 12, 13. You hope to get them back for the playoffs. That's what we're talking about here. And there's no, you know, there's no union. but So they can't, nobody can push back and say, okay, we'll, we'll give you the 12-team playoff, but you have to get rid of the championship games. It's got, there's no give and take. Right. It's just take, take, take. I wonder if when you think about it like that, are the athletic directors and school presidents, are they like, wait, maybe UNL or uh, NIL is good because we can just shove the NIL stuff off to the side while nobody pays attention to us in the opposite room while we just, you know, treat, treat these kids legs like hamburger. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if they unionize and stuff like that, right. that got way deeper than I thought it was. But yep. it was actually it was an excellent point. Long story short, congrats to Michigan. Congrats to Ohio State. Um, we're watching the the horribly Ugh. drawn out college football playoff selection show. 
I haven't seen anything. I've been looking across the table the whole time, but we will start to get an idea of what bowl games are happening, and we will break that down on the next podcast. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.